0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Be
1: it superstition or just an apparition You suddenly appear
2: inside my heart Does this strange romance end? Welcome to From the Bleachers. I'm your host, as always, Seamus Clancy, coming to you from the wonderful Blue Incarnation Radio podcast. Now, today, I'm recording this early, or I guess late Thursday morning, June 10th, sitting here in my apartment. I have a great guest on today, a guest I interviewed recently on my pop culture podcast, Capes and Tapes. You can check that out on Spotify or Apple or follow us on Twitter at CapesTapesPod, talking Pop culture, music, movies, comics, all those types of stuff. But I'm joined from the Philadelphia area band, hurry, songwriter, Matt Scatolini. Matt. What's up? I haven't talked to you in a couple of weeks. I know. What's up?
1: It's been too long.
2: Yeah. And we are broadcasting this live on YouTube. Uh, you can check us out on our YouTube page, Blue and Green Nation, youtube page be sure to follow us on twitter and instagram too i run the bgn insta page at bleeding green insta where we'll be posting clips from all of our podcasts going forward doing the great work of our due to the great work of our producer rachel uh coming on here matt new album coming up oh yeah a couple weeks The six twenty five new album fake ideas you're also releasing a book for this yep yeah that's scary Mm -hmm yeah
1: maybe i don't know Uh, to you know it's all the same amount and uh, whatever
2: yeah no i'm not afraid it's fine i love that energy awesome i mean just like the idea of making a book or publishing a book seems like this daunting task um but you've already made a few albums on your well more than a few over the years with different acts and stuff like that but you know branching off into books it's a great idea though uh no pun intended because the album title is fake ideas right there
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, um, it's, it's one of those things, you know, you have to just sort of like start and then once you get rolling a little bit, it's not, it's not too bad. Yeah. Matt, huge Eagles and Sixers fan. Am I right? You are correct. Yeah. I grew up, uh, I grew up an Eagles fan. My, my dad, uh, my dad's had season tickets since I was, you know, probably since I was born, but since I was really young and I would go to games at the vet with him and, uh, so, you know, it's in my blood. Does he still have tickets now? He does, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, he does. I still Ooh. go I, I usually go to like one or two home games a year, but yeah, you know, they're they're like the type of season ticket holders that sell most of their tickets and yeah. You know, they don't like to go to the night games and
2: night stuff. games are night games are
1: rough from and a lot of different perspective. When like winter hits and it gets cold out, they don't they're not as down with that either. So Usually stuff like that will fall into my lap. And if I'm around, I try to go.
2: Yeah, I remember I went to the Christmas Day game in 2017. They they were playing the Raiders. Nick Foles was quarterback. I think it was his second start after Wentz went down. And, you no know, went to Christmas dinner with my family. Then me, my buddy, my dad went to the game. And it was truly the coldest game I've ever been at. And, you know, one of those things were like, would I have been better off watching this on TV instead of coming here? And they narrowly lost, but they held on. But it's tough. Uh, one of those things. Be, uh... You got to be uh, the real deal to stick it out in the winter. Yeah, the the worst thing for me is like a, a Cowboys Sunday night football game where you're in the parking lot most people are drinking all day. By night, you're a little lit up and uh, you're tired and all of these things together. And then you're seeing Cowboys fans and they lose in disappointing fashion. Before you know it, it's midnight and they're trying to take the train home <laughs> on this crowded subway thing. And it's so cold outside, so you're so bundled up. And then you get inside the subway and everyone is so layered up and you're sweating Right. Subway—it's just a disaster situation. Where now I've moved out of South Philly. Really, like uh, my last apartment, I could walk to and from the stadium. Now I would have to take. Look, I, I went to the Sixers game, g- game one this past Sunday. Yeah, I was there and, too. Yeah, you were there too. Yeah, we were sitting near each other. But I had to take two trains home for the first time. This the first sporting event I've gone to since I've been at this new apartment. And I was just like, oh man, I could not imagine doing this after an Eagles loss in like November in the rain or early December and you know, already freaking out, being super paranoid, neurotic, crazy person that I am already worried about that situation.
1: Yeah, I mean, and and you got to deal with like all the other upset fans and uh their, the, the various states that they may be in, you know?
2: Yeah, you're just like adding dynamite on top of dynamite on top of dynamite where there's just all of these raucous people ready to erupt. Right. For either good or bad, depending on what the result is, either way, it could be stupendously insane. Totally. Yeah. So, did you go to a lot of games growing up or were still even back then in the vet days? Yeah. I mean, the, 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 like the selling and reselling ticket market, all that stuff has changed over the years.
1: That's a newer thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, because now they've they even, I'm pretty sure, I've never done it, but I'm pretty sure like the team like makes it easy for people to just sell. Yeah.
3: Ticket.
2: Yeah. I have season tickets. So, just for reference.
1: Yeah. Like, no, I, I, we used to go, it's hard to remember how frequently we went, but I have a lot of memories going to games yes. as a kid. And, um, you know, back in the days where like you would park in the, uh, like the fruit warehouse parking lots and yeah, like yeah, yeah, you, like parking there, walking down. And we were in the 700 level, like directly behind one of the end zones. Um, so I definitely grew up getting the like classic 700 level experience and, uh, a lot of things my dad had to like explain to me that I was
3: seeing Earm-
2: her- earmuffs put his <laughs> hand over your eyes all that type of stuff yeah yeah so Do you have a f- favorite game you saw as a kid at the vet days or just a memory even if something wild happened up there because I'm sure you saw you know stuff people can't even dream of like my dad never took me we've only had season tickets for about a decade I'm 27 so I didn't have them until my freshman year of college oh. But my dad had gone to games at the vet and even as as crazy and rabid as an Eagles fan is, that he is and passed on to me and people know how you know, wild I can kind of get about this team. Even he sometimes thought the 700 level stuff was just a little over the top. Yeah, I
1: mean, it's funny because like I, the era that I was going in was like the very sad Ray Rhodes era most of the time. You're like post-buddy post
2: pre-Andy.
1: Yeah, so I don't have a lot of like great memories of games you know because back then it was like just exciting if they won and uh yeah. but you know I think like my favorite memories are probably Dallas games just because of how you know I mean it's always insane and it's still insane now but I feel like not to be one of those people that's like oh back
2: then it was different but I do think in the vet it was like a oh different- my god yeah it's not even close it's it's, it's, a, it's a different world with Social media, security, all of those type of things that didn't like exist then. Fights are like the norm. All of this crazy stuff. I remember uh, talking to people who had season tickets for years. They'd be able to just, you know, if you're walking into your, you know, you're walking in the Austria, you give them their ticket, give them a fifteen dollar bill. You're bringing a thirty pack in the game, stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, which is like unfathomable now. But
1: I think my main memories are 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 like Dallas games and just like how insane it was. And um, yeah, just all the behavior you'd see, you know, as a kid, I, I almost feel like that stuff sticks with you more than specific games do. You know, I feel like getting older is when, you know, I started to appreciate games a bit more for, for, you know, things that happen or, or like yes yeah. performances by players or things like that.
2: Yeah. You have the it's not like you're watching when you're going at the vet, the teams that made, you know the NFC Championship game a few years in a row, or won the division a bunch, or before this past season Bobby made the playoffs three years in a row, Bobby won the won Super Bowl. Yeah, 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 that's those. That's like me having six or season tickets during the process years. Like, oh, I watched Dakar Samson back in my day. Now you guys have season tickets. Now I think you're all fancy watching, uh, you know, Tyrese Maxi and Embiid out there on the court together. Totally, yeah.
1: Although the process, I think was more fun different vibe, obviously different vibe. At least I'm it intentional, you know like the the ray roads eagles it
2: was like accidental what? incompetence yeah like what are we doing like why yeah. is this happening? <laughs> where you vibe with the sixers you went sunday how was that atmosphere for you i mean it sucked it, right it kind of i was so excited and it kind of sucked well yeah. i
1: paid money for the ticket amazing right like like the whole the like triple
2: tri- H thing. triple H thing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: People were like going crazy, but then, you know, as soon as it started falling apart in the first quarter, it was worrying, but you know, I am also as a sports fan, I think I'm a, I'm a rare Philly sports fan. Who's like an optimist. So I, you know, I was the guy who the entire Sixers game, I was like, I think they they could come back. Like I, I wasn't getting too down. I was getting frustrated for sure. And, uh, you know, a lot of the stuff happening was, was not good, but I, I'm not saying I predicted the comeback, but I'm, it's just my nature It's like, I usually try to never be the guy who says like the game is over in the first half, you know,
2: Matredomis.
1: I'm wrong a lot of the time, but
2: it's just the way, it's just the way I am from the first quarter. I, I was, it- I'm one of those people that if, if things start to tor- turn poorly, whether I'm at the game or like, I'll stop drinking. Like, I don't need to get any more crazy or anything like that. I'll like, like real calm. And then when they were making that comeback, it was hard for me to even get excited. One of those things where like, I didn't, I was, I didn't leave, but I was like itching just to get home for that anxiety release. Like I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh, they're going to lose. And I have to get on the subway and I have to do this. And I'm going to home and i will be hot and sweaty and tired. All these different things. i was just like
1: all the energy bottled up, but I, I was calm. Until the um, comeback, and then I was like, you know, me and my friend I was with, we were both like shaking. We should,
2: like it was so exciting when they were coming back. I wasn't freaking out, screaming or anything. I was kind of a little stoic in a way, where or maybe stoic is a more positive connotation. Maybe numb was a better, more totally. kind of negative one to say. You know, I think I was there for a little while.
1: It's it's hard not to when like it feels like it's kind of falling apart. But um, I overall like even though they lost that game. I feel like it was kind of a fun game to be at just because of the comeback. Like the last like minute of that game was some of the most exciting basketball I've seen in a long time, you know? Yeah.
2: So and I, the I, it's I, a shame they wasted the introduction and bell ringing. I, I've they seen, the, I've, I've I've I I've, I've had season tickets when they started doing the bell ring. I don't have them anymore, but that was just the coolest thing ever. I doing a little flex, doing a little brag. I, I had known ahead of time that, okay. Triple H was going to be ringing the bell and it was because I knew that and you've seen all these videos on Twitter from guys like Jeff McDevitt or even Triple H talking and and Embiid beat himself doing these uh, crazily WWE or back in the day WWF videos and you know boom boom like I'm not even a wrestling guy but I can appreciate it.
1: Totally. And
2: once I knew Triple H was going to be the guy, I was like, there's no, and they they didn't announce Embiid was playing until about an hour before the game. But right. as soon as I knew Triple H was playing, I was like, there's no way they're having him come out there doing all this, the way Embiid's been carrying himself, not for him to play. And not only did he not, did he play, he went out there and rang the bell too with those customized t-shirts. I'm surprised the team hasn't started selling them yet. I feel like that's a gold mine waiting for him.
1: That is crazy. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know why they're not for sale. I thought could same- be a
2: rights, could be a rights thing with the, with wrestling where it was easier just to do these one-off things rather than some shared licensing stuff.
1: Yeah. I saw some like bootlegs online, but I like, I was expecting it to instantly be in the Sixers store or something.
2: Yeah. There's a bootleg on my buddy. Jim Adair has a, does not makes a Sixers fan store. They've had a lot of great shirts over the years. I bought a bunch. It's called step over Tees. So if you just Google step over Tees. T public or wherever they'll come up. There's a ton of cool shirts on there. Not to muck in the commission for this. They're not a subscriber the way or uh, you know, a sponsor the way I plug a lot of other stuff on here sometimes, but just my buddy does a cool thing designing these shirts and it all goes to charity. He doesn't actually take any That's money from cool. it anymore. So yeah, you know, supporting to go cause and also getting some six t-shirts. Like I had a Sam Henke crew neck sweatshirt from there. I have a Daryl Morris shirt. Cause he's the president of, Basketball operations. So it's like the acronym is Pobo. So it's written (laughs) like the MOBO font for modern baseball and the way they had that doll they have that dog logo. It's like Daryl Morey with the sunglasses the way that dog has sunglasses on there. Wow. So my friend's really into like the scene. I'm sure he listens to your stuff. So they have a lot of kind of stuff that's adjacent to you know, our interest at the same time there that's cool i'll check it out you have to send me the link after this i'll send you the link yeah they have the they have like the DX I, again i don't know a lot of wrestling terms i didn't watch it growing up but like dx i guess that's what it is The yeah or right. whatever the wrestling thing is so it's like the t-shirt is the 76 in that green kind of slimy type font on there right. or graffiti type font i don't know exactly what it is sick predictions for the series i'm still i'm still sixers and five i'm sorry if this is a lot of sixers talk we're kind of in a dull moment with the eagles they weighed jamie newman yesterday they the quarterback that didn't udfa i really liked him going into the draft um but you know there's something to really talk about to this offseason getting some guests in here and again i'm sure a lot of eagles fans out there are sixers fans we will talk some eagles stuff we have talked some eagles stuff but you know there's nothing bigger in philly sports right now than sixers and i longer have a sixers podcast So yeah, here we know. are
1: I think even if you you don't normally care about the Sixers I feel like playoff basketball is like really exciting but
2: uh we have fans from all over though that's the thing like our our reach is uh again not to you know pat myself on the back but we have listeners from you know I'm not sure that our, our London listeners who are I don't know exactly how they became Eagles fans really care about the Sixers but if they're looking for an NBA team just go all in on Philly if you're if you're a fan that's not from Philadelphia and you're just an Eagles fan, you're looking for an NBA team, hop on the Sixers. There's no bandwagon. I'm not about policing like Sixers fan. If you're a casual fan or you never really watched basketball and you want to see them in this run, it's for the city. It's it's all those things. The way I compare it is, you know, some people are like, oh, if you didn't watch the process years, you can't watch this. I was like, that's so nonsensical. That's like telling uh, the way I, the comparison I do is that's like telling your grandmom. She's not allowed to watch the Super Bowl when the Eagles were in it because she doesn't watch the preseason games or something. Yeah. Like that. So yeah it's, it it's a communal thing. The Eagles are a communal thing. That's the whole point of my podcast. That's you know, from the bleachers, this fan perspective, getting other fans on here, talking to people, getting this this crazy slant. So I'm all about the community. Totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I
1: I think the the whole like bandwagon thing, I don't care. If you like it, it only matters if
2: you're a Cowboys fan outside of Texas. That's the only thing I care about. Yeah, bandwagon. right.
1: I've been thinking Sixers win in six games, uh, but okay. I know I already called. I called myself an optimist, but I think I'm like, I uh, you're hedging now. Well, I just feel like one. I'm not. Con- I'm I'm like counting on the possibility that a bead like misses a game. Yeah. Um, which I you know maybe would be fine, but I don't know. Or I'm also just like thinking there could be a night where like someone besides Embiid doesn't show up and they just like can't make it happen, you know?
2: Yeah. I mean, and, and what is it, this past game, Tobias had an insane first quarter and then it looked like he got a little banged up and wasn't the same the rest of the game. I think he finished with 22 points. There's still a great performance and he carried them early, but it's a situation where, you know, Tobias doesn't have that big first quarter and Ben only scores, you know, four points only. He took three shots at that situation happens where he's only taking three, four, five shots. And Embiid is, you know, little banged up he's settling for those mid-range shots he's not getting to the rim he's not he's either he's taking those threes because he's a little winded and stuff like that that's a situation where again you had the shake milton game and game two this is the point in the playoffs where those championship teams every win has to be the x player game the blank player game you're always going to need to have some type of role player step up the further and further you get into the postseason maybe it's a situation where you know tomorrow night we're again recording this late Thursday morning, Friday night, game three in Atlanta. Furkan Korkmaz comes in the second quarter, bangs three threes, comes into the second half, hits one or two more. And hey, it's the Furkan Korkmaz game. The Sixers won by nine.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think like my assessment is that More than one person from the
2: bench needs to have a good game, basically, because well, you're I'm taking like a below a below average bench performance. I'm taking right now, given how much they've been struggling
1: recently. Yeah, because I think the reason the games have been close is just because anytime the bench goes out, barring the eight minutes or whatever, Shake Milton was in the other night. Like they go out there and the Hawks just go on a run. So like I think I'm hoping that like yesterday and today maybe that's what uh, some of the team is focusing on is like plugging the holes in the bench and um, defensively, especially, but also just like if one of those guys can step up and and score a little bit more, I think that also takes some of the pressure off the starters, you know?
2: Totally. Yeah. I, George Hill, who I think is a great vet, has had a lot of success. In his career has been pretty underwhelming. He was the big trade on acquisition. I know a lot of people wanted him to trade for earlier in the season. James Harden, I was a proponent of that. People wanted to trade for Kyle Lowry at the deadline. They get George Hill, but they part with three first or three second round picks. I'm sorry, not three first round picks. That would have been right. the worst trade of all time. Three second round picks. They give up Tony Bradley, who would is a competent center, maybe would even be a little bit more playable than Dwight Howard is right now. And you're just really not getting a lot of him. Tyrese Maxey's been outperforming him at times during the Washington series and out during the Atlanta series just based off game two alone, Shake Milton's outperformed him. So they're in a situation where they have three combo guards off the bench. You could lead the offense, but it's kind of trial and error to figure out which one is going to have the hot hand that night. Again, early in the wizard series, it was Maxey. In game one against Atlanta, they threw hell out there. He was a minus 17 with zero points or something like that. that. That's disastrous for a vet that that's their quote unquote big acquisition, their big bench filling guy that they got at the deadline, but then shaking Milton comes in scores 14 points in 14 minutes and saves the day on Tuesday night.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, I don't think George Hill has like kind of come back to his full form yet. And, uh,
2: He's been bad. He was banged up. It took some time for him to actually get in a uniform after he was, the Sixers acquired him.
1: But yeah, I mean, uh, I think he has some like sneaky games sometimes where you don't kind of realize how much he contributed until you kind of look at everything after. But yeah, by and large, I don't, I think like the idealized version of George Hill hasn't really happened
2: yet. Tomorrow night could be the George Hill game.
1: Yeah, maybe I, yeah, I, that's the thing is like, I don't want it to be anyone's game. I I, I just want
2: like a you, you solid. just want it to be like the Sixers win a solid seventeen. Everyone plays well. The starters rest in the fourth quarter. Oh, totally. just it is I, I mean that's what the Washington series was, right?
1: Yeah. Well, the bench was scoring in the Washington series. Like I think for some reason the Hawks defense, the bench just like hasn't figured it out yet. Um, and the bench hasn't figured out how to defend the Hawks yet because they're going on
2: like crazy 20, 30 point runs against the bench, you know? Uh I think they're just so deep on their bench. Their bench is much better than ours. And they have shooting up and down the roster. So they're a high variance team where in game two they don't shoot so well. Game one, it felt like they they shot 42% from three in game one. Hey, we have a guest on here. If you're watching on YouTube, Matt's cat is in the is in the cat video attack. Now. Raise the Cat. Do you re- remember Raise the Cat? No, what's raise the cat. So during like in like 2017 or whatever, my buddy Gip uh, on Twitter, at, at Gipper Grove, started this thing where like if the Sixers won, he just raised his cat up and took a picture of it like Lion King style and it became a big thing where like people all over Twitter were doing. It. Ben Simmons did it. Uh, they made like t-shirts for it that went to uh, local animal shelters and all this type of stuff. It was awesome. Well, all right. Yeah, I'll do that. You got to, if you got to do raise the cat tomorrow night and I'll bring a send it to me and I'll retweet it. I don't have a cat. I've never had a cat. Nothing against cats, but just, um but i know a couple of my buddies do have cats and uh have done it even in the playoffs so yeah you got to remember that raise the cat yeah all right we're in i'm in we're gonna raise the cat yeah my the thing is his cat was like severely overweight which respective had dogs that were severely overweight uh so it was like kind of a joking thing like i'm gonna lift this gigantic cat up and then he finally did it was hilarious and kind of took off like the, the team itself was recognizing it this is the 2017 season where it was okay. in beads the first year Embiid played. uh sarge his rookie year where they were you know, they didn't make the playoffs okay. but they they were uh flashing and it looked like they were about to go on a run as a team in the years going forward and they have since then totally yeah that was sort of like a turning point year yeah when Bede was out there he played you know what 31 games but every time he was on there he looked outstanding yeah what are your predictions for the Sixers overall? I know you said Sixers and six against the Hawks. Yeah. I don't know. I, 99% sure they're going to play the Brooklyn Nets and yeah, the Eastern Conference. Uh, they're a juggernaut. I'm scared. I, I don't know about that one. Like I, I try to be an optimistic, optimistic going into a series where you no, know, I said they were going to sweep the Wizards. I said they're winning in five against the Hawks. I still believe they're winning in five against the Hawks, but the Nets, man, once they go to that bench, the bench lineup is they take Kyrie and Durant out and let Harden cook. you know, James Harden led offense against the Sixers second unit. Sounds like a, uh, he's going to go nuclear.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's definitely something to the whole super team thing, you know? Um, hey, it, it, it helps to have three of the best scorers of all time on the same team. I would yeah. Think. They're, they're good. They're a good team. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen because the Sixers didn't really face full strength nets this they year. They have not. So I don't know what it's going to be. I mean, I want them to beat the Nets I, but I and I know I said I'm an optimist but I don't I just don't know what what it would be like you know I
2: don't know how I don't know what the formula looks like I don't It just you know Danny Green shoots you know 52% from 3 Thibault locks I mean they have the best perimeter defense to right. kind of combat them but they only have you know two of those guys in Thibault and Simmons and you can't have Thibault out there for too long because he's an offensive liability But if you have those guys guarding two people, that means, you know, one of Durant, Kyrie or Harden is out there going to cook Danny Green or George Hill or whoever's out there, Tobias Harris.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, you
2: know, I kind of think it's going to come down to
1: like solid defense, but like really good offense. And, uh,
2: you have to, you're going to have to outgun them. You know what I mean? You're, it's, it's like the way where the Eagles play the Patriots in the Super Bowl. The Patriots had the best quarterback of all time. You're not, they didn't win that game by being conservative. They didn't win by trying to get them to play their game. They're like, we need to score more points, the best player of all time. And they did that, and that's a situation now where the Sixers, obviously they're going to need to make some stops, but uh, they're going to need the best offensive performance in you know, 38 years in this franchise to topple the Nets.
1: Yeah. And I think they're going to need like Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris to be Ben Simmons, especially to be like more aggressive than normal and maybe try to get some of those those guys on the nets into like a little bit of foul trouble. Um, Because, you know, Embiid can do that, but
2: someone like somebody's got to put a little heat on the other guys. Absolutely. So what's your prediction? Sixers making the finals or not? I think they can. I don't know. I mean, I say no, but obviously I want it more than anything in the
1: world. Yeah, I think it's possible, you know? And uh especially if feed stays all right. But yeah. there's so much like up in the air and you never know what's going to happen. Like like in the next week, you know, some one of those superstars on the Nets could get injured or like you know, it's just like who knows what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, and uh so I don't I try not to overthink it. I just want them to like get through this series and then and then I can we'll start about it
2: then worrying about what's gonna
1: happen after that. All right. But uh, you know, I think I think they should beat the Hawks. Like maybe it won't be as easy as as we want it to be, but I think I
2: think they should. Any closing thoughts? Anything you need to plug? Wrap we're at the 26 minute mark, gonna wrap it up here. No. The album, any any projects? Any last Sixers or Eagles fire takes you need to send out to the world. I do think the Eagles are going to be better than everyone thinks they're going to be. I
1: think they won the division. It's a terrible it's division, so it's not possible. saying a lot. But I'm not saying yeah, they won Super Bowl. The Cowboys, I think, will give them the most trouble. But uh, I definitely think it's possible. I think they're going to be better than 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 people are
2: predicting. Same. All right. We'll have to have you on during the season once they're 4-0 and have taken down the Chiefs and the Buccaneers and they're on their way to a magical playoff run. The undefeated season. It's going to happen. The undefeated season. Yes, Jalen Hurts. What is it? Well, it's a 17-game season now, so he's going 20-0 and as a starter. You heard it here first. <laughs> but, Matt, uh, follow you on Twitter, at HurryBand. We'll be sure yep. to link to the the pre-order for the new album on Twitter once this podcast comes up here. And finally plug, be sure we're doing these videos on YouTube, so be sure to check us out on YouTube, uh, the Bleeding Green Nation YouTube page. Follow us on Twitter at Bleeding Green and Instagram at Bleeding Green and to catch all of our content out there. But that's it for me. Matt, thank you for coming on and keep Bleeding Green.
3: Thanks, man.